Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm the Oklahoma Wolf Boy. And I'm Tito Shane Tana. Welcome to episode 99, Hardcore TV. The Hardest Core TV. In all of, I assume we're in Philadelphia? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, okay. In Philadelphia. But ooh, 99. Wild. Episode, wow. Can't believe it. I think my first was 62, 61, something like you that. You were here emotionally the whole time. Yes. I was I was here in spirit. Mm-hmm. I was listening from afar. First first time podcast listener. Yes. Technically, I, I think and... Shane heard about the idea for the podcast before even Michael did. Really? I think I did. Oh, well, I'm sorry. The things you talk about at work when you're waiting on people yeah, to come when, in. Yeah, when you're bored out when of your mind at work. When you're punching fries and rolling meat. <laughs> So this was the 20th episode of Hardcore TV, produced by the ECW. It would take place on August 24th, 1993, at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The day after my 16th birthday. Hmm. Happy 16th birthday. Hey, thanks. Shane Tito slammed Tamara. I did not get a Camaro. I did not get a Z28. Callback. See? Don't call it a don't don't call it a callback. <laughs> no, I got a car. Well, actually, yeah, I guess I did get a car when I turned sixteen. Well, uh, make it, what's it your was, first car? We'll do the round real quick. <laughs> it was a nineteen seventy four shit brown Plymouth Fury. Oh, that rocks! That's way cooler. Yeah. People listening at home, if you've if you've never met me, I'm six three now, but back then I had to sit on two phone books because I could not see over the steering wheel. Over the dashboard. Did you have a, a late late spurt? Yes, I was I was super short. Plus the the car itself had you know old style bucket seats. Yeah, or bucket or bench. Or, or, or was it like the bench so seat it like, where it's like a couch? You say Plymouth, and I'm like, well, it's yeah, a, it's it was basically a, bench a hearse. Seat and it was very springy. Low, yeah, and yeah, so I I sunk into it even with two phone books. Damn, seventy four. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Ninety four Ford Ranger. Ooh, that's fun. That's like the little Ford truck, right? Yep. Okay, that, that's cool. I like small trucks, even though I don't really like trucks. But like a cool Nissan or a Toyota truck or like a like a old S10, those always look fun. Mine was a 97 Geo Prism. I almost said Metro. That's not Prism. I got it because my grandpa died. It ran for so much longer than it should have. It was a real <laughs> champion. It's like a jalopy where it's like everything is shaking. But the engine's good, but like just I feel it was like a snap together model with an engine in it. I had uh, I had my car for two like months, a year <laughs> and a half, oh, year wow. something like that, and yeah, it worked fine while I had it, except for the time when uh, I got backed into for my my first quote unquote accident. No, I had mine for like over a decade. It was crazy how long it lasted. Yeah, and you had it whenever I first met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wild. I had that car forever. It just was a champion, even. After I got rid of it, my dad just kept on to it and used it because he never went far distances. And then, you know, actually bought a real car because he was just like, eh, I don't care. And then eventually it was like, oh, I'm just going to buy something nice for myself. Yeah. 
I got 150,000 miles of mine, and then it aeroplane, uh, hydroplane, hydroplaned uh, one day into a guardrail. And, oh, I'm glad you're okay. And damn, damaged the entire thing. So yeah. I was like, mine held up good, and then I sold it to my cousin, and everything went on on it like two weeks later. So, yeah, Corey, if you're listening, sorry, buddy. I I hope you gotten over it i know i have (laughs) (laughs) but have we gotten over being able to find stuff for philadelphia shane it's it's getting challenging and and creative obviously philly is known for their cheesesteaks so yeah i I can only do so many cheesesteaks we've we've done two already on the first night that we were in philly yeah maybe we blew our load on the cheesesteaks next time we're like oh yeah we're gonna be here a while (laughs) (laughs) what i brought soft pretzels we've done a drink i believe for philly already yeah we did one yeah. like the liberty bell or something like that i have to do one where we just bring like i don't know if We've it's a desserts. miller or a or a anheuser-busch <laughs> yeah. town but where we just bring the cheapest like gas station yeah like, what, did, find. what was the cheap beer that they sold at the arena was it miller light was it high life was it coors old milwaukee Ooh, you know what i'm a big fan of old milwaukee i'm not <laughs> or no, yeah, Old Milwaukee, not Minnesota Brew, uh, The Beast. I called it The Beast, and it used to be, like, super cheap for a 12-pack when I turned 21, and I was a big fan of The Beast. So, yeah, this time in uh, Philly, uh, I did my little deep dive trying to figure out what foods are popular, and the list came back with the usual suspects again, your cheesesteaks, your pretzels, like, tasty cake desserts were on there. But do they have a Pho- high population? Huh? They have a large Thai population? I I don't know. Okay, I was just curious. Cause I know what I, spoiler alert, I know what I just ate. <laughs> no, it just, it showed uh, pho, it showed hoagies, it showed Asian food. So I decided we're going to merge together since my initial plan originally was to uh, have a sandwich that went with each location yeah. I went to. And then I realized, all right, that's going to be a whole lot of sandwiches, so mm-hmm. we have to mix it up. So I went to a... Uh, a local Oklahoma City place called Lee's Sandwiches over in the Asian District, 33rd in Classen-ish. And I got what uh, one of their signature sandwiches, the number 18, uh, which is the cured pork and pate. It has sliced cured pork. It has pate smear on it. It's got cilantro, jalapeno, a house pickle, which is pickled daikon and carrot. And then a little soy sauce and house mayo. Oh, I yeah. can honestly say this is not something that I would ever pick for myself. Oh, yeah. Bon Mi is like it's the Thai sandwich. And Lee's, I believe that there's a couple in California, but I think the first Lee's in the U.S. is the one in Oklahoma City. But Lee's is basically like a fast food Bon Mi place in other parts of the world. Um. So it's kind of like the McDonald's of the Bon Mi. But it's a staple here and known for its like sweet and condensed like cold coffee i used to play a game where right here on my days off i'd go to the record store i'd get a bon me and uh, an iced coffee and then i'd try not to shit myself by the time i got home and that was see, the, that was the game when i met a vacuum the crumbs <laughs> vacuum the crumbs out of my car when i first moved to oklahoma city i worked at iron star and all of the servers used to show up in the morning with lee's coffees so i had to tell or ask one of them one day to bring me one and then it was just like instantly oh, yeah. hooked because it's so expensive if you buy it but like it's a better deal but to like buy a jug of it yes it's buy delicious. a jug of it but if you buy a jug of it you want to make sure you heat it up first and then pour it over oh. ice otherwise it is very funky tasting a little chalky 
Yes. It's chalky. It's overly sweet. You know about the double ice thing? There's two different kinds of ice. They do like a like a smaller ice, it like, and then they do the bigger ice, and the, they only pour like legitimately like four ounces oh, of yeah. the stuff in there because it's concentrated or whatever. Yeah, and when ice I bought those things, so that's the smaller when I ice melts faster, and then you have the big ice. Like, it's uh, if you get a Lee's coffee, like, and go outside and hold it up to the light, you can see two different kinds of ice. It's a very, very weird thing. But Lee's is uh, totally worth your time. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, for the sandwiches, this is a 10-inch sandwich, and it was $4.50. Oh, it's dirt cheap. The coffee costs just as much as the sandwich. Yep. Who knows if this is a real pick? I'm going to do as I do and have my... I've never actually had a sandwich from Lee's before. Really? I've had, I've had their chocolate croissants and other little pastry oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. But... They even do American sandwiches that are, like, on a croissant that are pretty delicious, but bon me. I worked at a... Cajun restaurant that we actually would go and buy our baguettes from from Lee's. Nice. Yeah. It's a good baguette? It's a very good baguette. I love... You're talking the, the oyster place? Yep. That's where their baguettes came from. I did not know that. I've gone to Lee's and just, you can go in there and it's like a dollar for like two baguettes or whatever. And they're, you know, a full baguette. It's great. I'm just going to throw a shout out there. I miss Hillbillies. Oh, I uh, never worked there. I never worked there, but I know the guy that owned. I ate there plenty of times, and that's that's where I always food. sent people when they it came to Oklahoma food. City. Yeah, the um, what's that crap called? The the pudding junk, bread, pudding? bread 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 pudding. pudding. <laughs> yeah, bread pudding was great. Everything was great there, mm-hmm. especially when I worked there. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I believe you. But also, later that week, something that happened right around the same time as this episode of Hardcore TV, a TV show would begin. That would spurn 27 seasons. Oh my god. And three movies. Oh god. Crazy. The Dr. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's Morphin time! Uh, I was trying to think of how the theme song goes. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. I remember the first episode of Power Rangers I ever saw. It was the one with the pig guy that had like the Roman helmet on, who like blows up the. Like, pig. Yeah, he blows up the uh, like. Farmer's Market, essentially. Yep. I was never a huge Power Rangers fan as a kid, but I remember being really huge and me not quite getting it, even though I was the right age for it. But years later, when the first movie came out, I had a babysitter, and her son liked it. He was, like, two years younger than me, the same age as my sister. And he was like, you got to watch the movie. I know you're not really into it. And I quite enjoyed the first movie. I think the production value made a huge difference for me. Even as a child, I didn't know what production value meant, but I, but you know, it, it, it felt a little more tactile. Yeah, I uh, again, I was. You 16. were too. You were too old. You were this. way too. Was, you were way too. I was this. annoyed by it. I was the right age for this, and my, Matt was, was too the, old for no, it. I was, my nephews. I watched. I watched the first couple seasons of it, and I've seen all three movies in the theater. My wow. nephew Dustin, he was big into it because he was like five. When it started, and yeah, yeah, I I had to suffer through it, but then it's kind of like when I was younger, watching Saved by the Bell and making my sister suffer through it. She ended up getting pulled into it, and then started remembering, and it's like, all right, well, yeah, yeah, I it's can like watch this it. is fun for it. Yeah, I was a, a teenage boy. You know, spoiler alert: I was a gay teenager. <laughs> um, so you know, there's having, a lot of handsome having boys handsome here. guys on there that were close to I my mean, age. I definitely Tommy, like, Rocky, or Adam. Uh, we're talking the original, Jason. 
Okay. Oh, which one's Jason? Jason was the original Red Ranger. Jason was oh. the original Red. Who? Who's the one with the longer face that's the Green Ranger? Tommy. That's Tommy. Oh, he's pretty handsome. I'm an Adam fan. Which, I don't know which one that he is. He was the Black Ranger. Oh, he was handsome as well. The Asian Black Ranger. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely, I think every yes, person. After the original cast, I don't know gotcha. any of them. Definitely <laughs> everyone had a crush on the Pink Ranger. What a cute Yes. Kimberly Johnson. Kimberly Joe. Yeah. yeah, she kind of has uh, like a Leah Thompson vibe. Yeah, always a always not a not a bad thing to have. No, uh, but if any of y'all out there are Mighty Morphin Power Ranger fans, there is my second favorite podcast hosted by a Michael and a Matt uh, called Ranger Danger. They cover every episode. Jesus Christ of Mighty Morphin of Power Rangers. They started at the beginning and they've covered every episode. It's a great podcast. Did you cover the uh, the YouTube fan fiction? Mm, I don't know. How dirty is it? The one starring James Vanderbeek. <laughs> oh, I don't. Unaware. It's. I don't think. I don't know if they've covered it yet, but I'm yeah. sure they will yeah. at some point. It's. It makes me think. Uh, glorious. My friend used to have a joke like ten years ago where he would say like a bunch of random words and be like, "There's a Reddit for that." And now you can do that with podcasts. <laughs> it's like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan fiction. There's a podcast for that. I do remember as a kid, uh, the height of the toys, like the ones that went together to make the mm-hmm. like Mechazoid or whatever. What is it? Is that again? Megazord. Me- Megazord. And uh, my cousin, who was, I think, the same age as me, but lived on the exact opposite coast. He lived in Long Island. I lived in like Sacramento. My dad would go to card shops all the time because he was always into like sports cards and whatnot. And in the 90s, you have comics and toys and stuff. So like a lot of the stores would have those things. My dad was on the search for one of the pieces of that, I guess, because they put them together mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, my uncle uh, and aunt to give to their... So I remember going with my dad to get it and me just, like, having legitimately, like, no real interest in the Power Rangers, which is still really weird. <laughs> I remember even winning at, like, a Boy Scout thing, like, a Power Rangers toy, and this other kid wanted it, wanted it really bad and I didn't care about it but he had like a Wolverine toy and I was like well I think Wolverine's cooler even though I was never like huge into the X-Men I was like well he's automatically cooler I watch this cartoon sometimes and trading it for with him and him being really excited and I was just like well this he's gonna get more enjoyment out of this than I am but I respect anything that lasts as long as the Power Rangers do yeah I mean it's I, I guess it's I still going strong. There was, a new, there was yeah. a new season that just that just started. And what's funny is, as a kid, I always noticed that Rita Repulsive didn't have like her voice didn't match or whatever, because I didn't know that all the action stuff was from Japan, and then the mm-hmm. high school like the, the Super your, the Saved by the Bell stuff was shot here, and they mixed it together, and that's another interesting. It's a one of those phenomenons that is a little bit more impressive than Pokemon because at least that is like a legitimately good game <laughs> as opposed to like this weird like reinterpretation of an already ongoing product. Okay. It's fascinating. Let's find out if we can find anything fascinating on this week's episode of Hardcore TV. Oh, you know that we're getting into a Hardcore TV when our preamble goes 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we get it last week on Eastern Championship Wrestling highlights from the tag team tournament being shown before we get the opening highlight video and then Jay Sully welcoming us to the show from the editing bay. How'd you like that like stock bass funk music? 
funky. It made sense for the time. It's it's stuck on the network. It is not the song that they <laughs> oh, played. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Like, it was more exciting What'd than they play? Sully, like, so. uh, Metallica. Of... Oh, really? Yeah. Hell yeah. What song? Sad But True. Oh, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. So Sully previews the matches from the show that we're going to see when a voice starts chiming in as well. Oh, and it's uh, obnoxious. Slightly. <laughs> Sully's all looking around, not knowing what's going on. So as he finishes, Eddie Gilbert taps him on the knee and the camera pans out and Hot Stuff's laying on the floor. Like with his legs like basically underneath his chair. What? Yeah. What? They're attempt at humor. I mean, it's They're extreme. It's, it's, it's funny sorry, because Eastern. it's so yeah. nonsensical. Eddie brings up a mob hit and he won't shoot Jay in the rear end like that one guy. Yeah, I imagine that it was a local thing that they brought up. I'm sure it was. They blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. Maybe maybe he's referencing um, Bruce Springsteen here. Like, I almost want to Google 1993 mob hit, shot yeah. in the ass. I mean, obviously, <laughs> that song took place way before 1993. Gilbert's then making bad jokes with Sully, and he still has his crown from being named King of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Jay then tries to throw it to a commercial, but Hot Stuff wants to talk Ultra Clash 93. So you're telling me that Eddie Gilbert is a cop? King of Philadelphia. What? <laughs> sorry. I don't, get that. I don't get that reference at K- all. It's sorry. just KOP. I'm just talking shit. And Gilbert tells us that he's going to team up with Abdullah the Butcher versus Stan Hansen and Terry Funk. Ooh, Abby versus Funk. Who's bleeding first? I mean, I was like, sounds like a bloodbath yes. is what we're going to get. Yeah, yeah, I'm down for it. Abby has so With much lots blood of cowbell. that he can he can donate some. We come back from commercial, and Eddie Gilbert and Dark Patriot are in the back. And they tell us that they're ready for their matchup in the first round of the tag team tournament. And Patriot is mad at J.T. Smith, so they are going to take his soul. Ooh. Dark Patriot went dark there. Yeah, yeah, he's getting, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he must be, uh, watching, uh, Taker matches for influence. Hopefully he pays the troll toll to get into JD's soul. (laughs) Sorry, JT's soul. So our first match, Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert, and Dark Patriot with Freddie Gilbert versus Iron Man, Tommy Cairo, and JT Smith in a first round matchup of the ECW Tag Team Tournament. And who appears on the mic with Jay Sully? It's Don Morocco. Oh, yeah. The magnificent one himself. Mm-hmm. So Patriot gets the advantage early on with an eye rake, but Cairo comes back with several hip tosses and a spinning heel kick, knocking Dark Patriot out to the floor. We get camera work. <laughs> Crazy. I'm so used to this, like, fixed cam business. Yeah. We get camera work, and I popped for camera work. Shot from 400 feet away with oh, yes. shaky arm. This one went to the went to the ringside, and I was like, oh my god. Back in the ring, JT tags in to deliver an axe handle to the arm, but Patriot makes it to the corner for the tag, only for Gilbert to be hip-tossed as soon as he comes in. Tommy and Smith focus their attack on Eddie's arm when Sherry Martell oh, comes down to ringside to stalk Freddy. I love you, Sherry. After he tripped up Cairo. Coming off the ropes. She looks so great coming down in her gold dress. And she's not wearing scary makeup. Just looking like the boss ass lady that exactly. she is. Exactly. Not fawning over some dude in the ring. No, she's out here like the like a fucking boss. Mm-hmm. Like Medusa vibes that Sherry deserves to 
Like Medusa vibes that Sherry gave to her. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love it. So the last time we saw Sherry was at WrestleMania 9, which was episode 88. Mm. First time we saw Luna Vachon as well, right? That's right. Martel ends up chasing Freddy back to the locker room while Dark Patriot maintains control of Tommy. Paul E. Dangerously then comes down to ringside while Patriot throws Tommy over the ropes to the floor. Dark Patriot goes up top, coming off with a crossbody, followed by a top rope double axe handle. Back in the ring, Hot stuck with a body slam, but misses an elbow drop, allowing Cairo to make it to the corner for the hot tag. JT with a body slam of Eddie, left hand to Patriot, fall away slams on both guys, but then telegraphs a back body drop, allowing Dark Patriot to kick Smith and hold him, while Gilbert comes into the ring with a chain wrapped around his fist, mm. only for JT to avoid, forcing Patriot to take the blow. I imagine that the chain was like one of those like ball chains with like an enamel uh, hanger, <laughs> like from 1993, like pre-Manson goth. Smith then comes off the top with a crossbody for the pin and, and the win. win. But... Oh my gosh, what, what could possibly have happened here? Hot Stuff and Paulie start complaining. And the ref finds the chain on Smith. So he reverses the decision to give the win to Eddie and Dark Patriot. And you know how I feel about this? I'm just like, whatever. That's how I feel. Is whatever, guys. <sighs> oh, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Post-match, Gilbert and Patriot look like they are having issues with dangerously trying to hold them together. But they shake hands to calm the emotions. And I'm like, cool pop for Sherry, but don't waste your time like this. Yeah. We then go to Todd Gordon in the ring, the president of ECW. And he introduces a debuting wrestler in Shane Douglas. I don't know who's uh, excited for this. Who has two thumbs and is talking right now? This guy. <laughs> Who has the same name, first name anyways, and doesn't really care yet? Oh. This guy. Boo. Sorry. I, mean, I don't know a lot about Shane Douglas. I'm getting I'm, I, I'm getting in. I know the name. I, I know he's a good technical wrestler. Decent memories of Shane Douglas from his, you know, little stint with Steamboat. And then I didn't really get to see him wrestle too 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 much until later on when he made an appearance in WWF as a, a scholastic well you'll grow to love him is what I'm saying <laughs> a scholar, not a as soon as Shane makes it into the ring the entire dangerous alliance then come out to confront him Uh-oh. seems like a lot of guys Paul Lee takes the mic and says this crowd needs to learn what is deep down in the heart of Shane Douglas Everybody should learn about the Dangerous Alliance. And then you see Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert step in to correct Dangerously with Hot Stuff International. Because there's still a little... A little tension there. I mean, Hot Stuff International, not as good of a name. Dangerous Alliance was on cable. It was, it's, part of the, it's part of WCW in my mind still right. at this point. They have a pay-per-view poster, or a few of them. Yeah, Dangerous Alliance is WCW property. It not happening in a WCW ring is still weird for me. Paulie starts going over Shane's accomplishments of his career before hugging him as he is the newest member of the Alliance. And the most uh, arrogant, obviously. 
and you know, young and fresh faced. Mm, that too. <laughs> Douglas then says, "Winners surround themselves with champions, and that's what I've just done." You see, Todd Gordon just—he can't believe what is happening. He's like, "What, Shane? What? What are you doing?" And Shane then thanks Ted Turner for the money he got, challenging <laughs> anyone in the building that if they can beat him to come on down, putting $10,000 on the line. Bullshit. And we get two guys at this time. They, they've they come down there. Guys is the right, probably, thing to say. And Douglas says, there was two I'll them. take both of you on. So we get our second match of Shane Douglas... Versus Twisted Steel and Sex Appeal. Damn, we had names right there waiting for us. <laughs> of Donnie Allen and Herb Renesto. They both attack Shane as the bell sounds. But Douglas hits a thrust kick on Allen to knock him to the floor. Headbutt and a belly-to-belly suplex on Renesto for the pin. And the win. The Alliance then comes back into the ring and they celebrate with Shane. That's fast. Yeah, it was just like, well, here's our angle, and then I guess we'll have this guy beat two jobbers real quick to make him look more impressive. It's that's, not a, that's not, what it is. Not the worst idea, but it's not very cleanly done, I don't think. Nah. But, I mean, hey, we just finally got more than one camera, so what <laughs> am I going to do here? We then go to the Super Destroyers who are in the back, and they make fun of their first-round opponent. The Suicide Blondes, calling them the Suicide Smurfs. Mm. Mm, clever. So we're on to our third match. The Super Destroyers of 1 and 2 versus the Suicide Blondes with Hunter Q. Robbins III in a first round matchup of the ECW Tag Team Tournament. Now Robbins is out in the ring without the Blondes when he takes the mic. And Hunter says, I haven't made many mistakes but letting the destroyers get away was definitely one. To amend for my mistake, I told the blondes to not show up tonight, and we forfeit the match. Aw, what a nice guy. <laughs> Doing a fancy rich guy promo. He's about to offer up some cash. So, as I mentioned on the last ECW show, when the Suicide Blondes appeared, Chris Candido was part of the group, but he had left ECW. And... At that point, basically, they decided that the Suicide Blondes weren't really a thing they wanted to get behind. So they just kind of broke them up. And, and this is how they did it. And this is how they did it. Not the worst way to do it. No. Robbins then reminds the Destroyers that he helped them to the titles. And he has a check for them if they re-sign with him. Destroyer 1 takes the mic and tells him to hit the bricks. And stalks Hunter around the ring when Robbins trips before leaving the ring. So destroyers, masked large men, faces. At this point, yes. Weird. Yes, so. Weird. Also, I should have been a super destroyer three again. Could have. Should have been. Should have. Could have been. Would have. Still, I'm in my, I am in my heart. They need some colossal competition or something. Yeah, I guarantee I'm better on the mic than the super destroyers. <laughs> oh, this was their best match that I've seen them have so far. <laughs> Rough man. Rough. <laughs> We go back to Jay Sully, he's in the editing bay again, and he says, if you saw Super Summer Sizzler Spectacular, you know that Terry Funk is the true king of Philadelphia, as it was stolen from him. Yeah, Funkster, baby. 
So then we head to her fourth match. The Canadian Wolfman versus Terry Funk. And we get Don Morocco back on commentary. He's back, baby. And the two men are running the ropes when Terry just lets the Wolfman just keep going. Oh, yeah. He just uh, hits the ropes three or four times, running back and forth like the dumb wolf boy he is. Funk then starts working the arm while The Rock says, If the Wolfman is as tough as he is ugly, Funk is in for a long night. Uh, F- Funk's not the most handsome man either. No. They could have a. This could be a, an ug off, to be, to be honest. Elbows to the top of the head by Terry, multiple body slams, and a leg drop for a two count. Funk then locks on the spinning toe hold for the submission and, and the win. win. He did, locks on the toe hold, doesn't get it, locks it on again. Just saying. And he just kind of stands <laughs> he, there and humps he, the he, air. He doesn't quite get the first one, he gets the second one. We then go to Stan Hansen in the back. He says, me and Funk together in the ring as partners. This has got to be the first time in 20 years as partners. Gilbert had to go get Abby so somebody could stand toe-to-toe with us. Never take a step backwards unless you're falling forward. I was like, that, that's actually a pretty wise... Wise thing. Deep wise. thought. Did you yeah. know that um, like Duggan and Stan Hansen were like apparently like super visually impaired like basically blind uh i mean it makes sense i learned that i learned that recently but i was one of those things we never talked about i don't know how true it is but i heard it on a credible wrestling podcast where they're like oh you know if you're in the ring with duggan he's swinging that two by four around it's up to you to move or like people (laughs) were talking about like yeah stan laid it in thick but you know some excuse was that he was blind but he's also stan hansen like of course he's laying it in thick or was that just, you know, An a story going thing. around of, yeah. you know, move or he's going to hit you. And it kind of makes sense because looking at Duggan when he does promos, he's got a, he's got some weird looking eyes. We then go to the back and it's Tito Santana. Arriba. What's up? Uh, Tito exclamation point, heart emoji, thumbs up. Uh, we haven't seen Tito since Royal Rumble 93, all the way back in episode 86. No stupid matador costume today. And Santana says, Don Morocco, you made a challenge to anyone. And I was found by Todd Gordon. And I guarantee you one thing. I haven't forgotten when I took the belt away from you. The IC title. And I'm coming after you again. Arriba! Just happy to see Tito. Yes. Big love for Tito. I also love that... They bring up their feud back in WWE. Oh yeah, I've got the same names. Vince doesn't give a shit. He's not he's not paying him for anything worth a damn right now. And he also this isn't even on his fucking radar. No, <laughs> no way in hell. We then go to Don Morocco and Freddie Gilbert in the back, and Don's like, I know Tito likes shiny things, and starts listing all the things that are happening in the alliance. Oh yeah, Don is here with a wild like dad vibe promo. So we get our fifth match, Tito's Fantana versus the Magnificent Morocco with Freddie Gilbert for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Santana starts hammering away as the bell rings, grabs the belt away from Freddie, and then tosses Gilbert into Morocco, who dumps him over the ropes to the floor. Don takes a breather to check on Freddie, but 
once back in the ring, the Magnificent One starts working the arm of Tito until Santana fires up, charging into the corner only to miss a splash from Morocco to maintain control. You gotta, you gotta hurt that arm so you don't catch that forearm later. Don wraps the arm around the ring post, even though Sully calls it the leg. <sighs> I mean, Sully's gonna be Sully. Before hitting a shoulder breaker and a falling thumb to the eye. <laughs> Goes for the pile driver, but Tito reverses it into a back body drop. Very funny here. There's some people in the crowd that have masks on, but there's a guy like legitimately with just a gimp mask on. It's like a leather gimp mask with like the zipper. I'm like, that's not a luchador mask, sir. He's a super destroyer fan. <laughs> Even the super destroyers, I don't think, are wearing real ass <laughs> gimp masks. Double clothesline for the double KO. The Magnificent One's up to his feet first and tries for a body slam, only for Santana to cradle him for a two count. Morocco hits a power move of some sort as the video cuts out. Power move of some sort. But Freddy is then on the apron distracting the ref, even though Dawn is making the cover. Magnificent One starts yelling at Gilbert, but stays on the attack with a swinging neckbreaker, only for Freddy to get on the apron again distracting the ref once more. Freddy is a terrible at his job, and he's kind of spectacularly terrible at his job. I'm yeah. kind of digging Freddy here. Morocco goes for another body slam, but Tito floats over, sending Don crashing into Gilbert. The Magnificent One then pulls Freddy back up onto the apron, only just a slapping back to the floor. I mean, Freddy deserves it. He's doing an awful job for Don. Santana then starts firing away, coming off the ropes with a flying forearm for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And, and new! What the fuck just happened? Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure if Tito was going to take it. I think Tito looks better with a belt at this point than Don does, but, you know, at least Don had a good excuse and old skinny Freddy. So this would be the last time we ever see Don Morocco... In a wrestling ring. Ooh. Wow. Uh-huh. It's kind of crazy because the crowd is really split here. We get like 50% cheers, 50% boos. But it would also be the only time we see Tito in an ECW ring. Like, mm-hmm. there, not even there's not even tapes of him in the ECW ring again? I think if you watch the next week's Hardcore TV... He's on there. He's on there. But, like, we're not That's the it, only yeah. other time that he's ever on an ECW show. He's probably like, in a, in a he's probably like 80 bucks. I'm just going to go home, guys. Well, I'm glad I didn't give him the Greg Valentine treatment then. <laughs> this was not as quality as uh, some of our later Greg Valentine matches, but this wasn't terrible. We go back to the editing bay with Jay Sully, and he sends it to an interview with Paul E. and Eddie Gilbert talking Ultra Clash, and dangerously has this to say. You know, if there's one thing about Todd Gordon... I got to admire myself, that he ain't stuck in the past. This is not wrestling the way it used to be, and the way you like. Oh no. This is the wrestling the way it's gonna be, and the way we know that you like it. Blood, guts, violence. And the best wrestling entertainment you have ever seen in your life. Do you remember the last time at the ECW arena was standing room only? This time at Ultra Clash, Shane Douglas says 10K to anybody in Philly who's man enough to knock me off my perch. And then the Dark Patriot, 
30 feet up in the air on a scaffold. The most dangerous match in wrestling against J.T. Smith. And after he shoves you off that scaffold, J.T. Smith, he's going to dive off that scaffold right on top of you. And then Texas bunkhouse rules. No rules at all. Stan, the Lariat Hansen, and Terry Funk. Hardcore heaven against hot stuff Eddie Gilbert and Abdullah the Butcher. And man, if that crown has ever been on the line with Abdullah the Butcher standing next to you, blood, guts, and violence against Stan Hansen and everybody's hero, Terry Funk. So bunkhouse rules are... No, no rules, rules at all. all. Gotcha. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Hot Stuff then chimes in with, I have one message to send. Everybody thinks I'm going to hide behind the butcher. But I'm going to tell Abby to stay over in the corner and I will dominate and prove I'm the king of Philadelphia. He's not going to hide. Also, that amazing t-shirt he's wearing is so good. He's wearing his own, like, him with a crown on. I don't, it's, there's probably only one made. It's a great t-shirt. Great promo, but as I'm watching this promo, I'm like, Polly, you're talking about influencing wrestling in what ultimately ends up being a negative way. <laughs> That's like foreshadowing. Which is which is like what I took away from it. It was like, yeah, like this is hot at the time, but but I know where we're at now. We're still man. dealing with but it I, in 2020. Yeah, and I ju- because we've moved away from it, and this is what everyone loves. And though. you just can't you can't reverse it. And like doing this show, I've learned the kind of wrestling that I that like I really I like a, I like spectacle for sure. People but, sometimes just can't let go of things. I mean, hell, look how long it took to... <sighs> it, it took not having live crowds to get rid of Steve retire. Austin's what? <laughs> no what? shit. <laughs> and yeah, people... I said, yeah. what? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, what are tables here for? No reason except for people to say, holy shit. Uh-huh. Because if you place them in a specific pattern, it summons the Dudleys in the middle. <laughs> but after those promos, credits roll... And I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of hardcore TV? Next. I mean, good to see Tito. Don Rocco got out with a, like, understandable finish. but And they're obviously doing things and, like, setting up ECW to actually take some kind of form. And it's pretty obvious here, but this is just a stepping stone. Yes. To the island of uh, Table's... Chairs and trash cans, oh my. Yes, it it's definitely getting better compared to where we started on those first couple Eastern Championship wrestling shows. Yes. But we're, we're not quite there yet. It's good to see some familiar faces or some more familiar faces that I was not expecting Tito to show yeah. up. Yeah. Tom Zink next. Tom Zink next champion. Please and <laughs> thank you. Wish list. I'm excited to see how it progresses yeah i'm anticipating not having to see the uh i don't even remember the wild super Men's destroyers or whatever they're called um more of a jt smith guy it was good to not have a, a wild man sal blamo yeah <laughs> it's the it's the honestly like his work isn't as bad as his like get up it's like what he's even wearing here with the name just call him you know the daddy <laughs> 
I mean, I think we're, we're all right there. I mean, yeah. the work rate still isn't there. No. Um, which, who knows if... It gets covered with trash cans ECW ever becomes a, a place where we're, we're talking about work rate. And when we are, we're still involving things that are common in, uh, you know, next to a dumpster. But you can see the pieces of the extreme revolution starting to come into place. Yes. And like you guys have said, it, it's always fun to see one of our favorites in Tito Santana. So. Yeah, yeah. A favorite that's not... Tito's never going to go down as really anybody's absolute favorite wrestler. But he is underappreciated for like his ability, I think. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So what are some of the best moments of this show for you guys? I think Eddie Gilbert is incredible at being fucking annoying. Because I don't even know if he's a good promo, but I hate him. I can't tell if he's good or if I just hate him. <laughs> I can't figure it out, so that makes me assume that he is good. You know what I mean? Where it's like... I think he's a good heel. I, I do think that. Yeah, like yeah. he's... It's just one of those... We've talked about that with Baron Corbin. Like, I don't know if he is bad at this or he's just imminently hateable. I don't think it's go... It's not go-away heat for me. No. No, no, but he's obnoxious. Oh, definitely. But, but I, it, like, yeah, like... I mean, that's an old Memphis-style yeah, feel definitely. right there. No, like, I, I appreciate it, but it's one of those same things where I'm just like, shut up, and I'm like, well, I guess you got me. You're working me <laughs> into a shoot over here, Eddie Gilbert, so you're really doing your job and earning your $70. I don't know. I, I gotta give it to Tito, just because I was one of those kids growing up that... Tito Santana was awesome. Tito should be champ. Strike Tito, Force, baby. Yeah, Strike Force. Tito versus Mr. Perfect. Did he have the IC belt at some point? Tito? Yeah. A couple times. Okay. I got to watch him win the... He had the IC belt be- kind of before we started, before WrestleMania yeah, 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 started. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, he had it again at one point afterwards. They had a, a tournament after Warrior and Hogan. When, right. when Warrior dropped it, Tito and uh, Mr. Perfect were in the finals for... That and I want to say Tito originally won it and then lost it to Perfect. I don't remember right off hand, but but yeah, seeing seeing Tito actually win the the main championship, even if it's you know only one that's still growing, it was just good to see because yeah. I never got that chance to see Tito as the top dog in the WWF for all those years. I mean, I know you kind of hated on the Dangerously promo. But I no, I think it was good. I was I, only hating on it because I was just making a joke about how wrestling couldn't get away from that later. It's a great promo. You. It's a yeah. It's it's probably my favorite moment. I was kind of just show. more shitting on like where wrestling is now, but it it's one of those things where it's like, hey, like shut up, old man. <laughs> and it's one of the, like you know I really shouldn't be even allowed to say those things because I haven't been watching. I didn't. I never stuck with it. Like. Shane did. He's a goddamn lifer. But I'm over here, you know, doing like the backseat quarterback thing of being like, everybody's doing, everybody's doing too much. Like, how could anybody get into this type of thing? Uh, so I'm just being the grumpy old man that I don't deserve to be. Grumpy old millennial. Mm-hmm. You got it. How about most disappointing? I got to play off of what Michael was going from or going for before for his best. Mine is Eddie Gilbert. While he does, he is a good heel, his promo stuff, it's, maybe it's because he's holding a crown in his hand, but it's too Jerry Lawler for me. 
oh, I mean, that's definitely And it, it just became... Uh, it, it made me want to stop listening just because it was too repetitive and annoying. Yeah, his voice is not pleasant. Yeah. Which is kind of one of the parts about it. But... Whereas, like, I don't know if it's good or not because his voice is so unpleasant. But I'm like, well, it's got me annoyed. Like, I want to see him get hit. So he's doing something right. For me, the most disappointing, like, the Super Destroyer, that whole segment with them and Robbins and the forfeit, I was just like... Yeah, that was... You guys literally put this on TV. Like, did this need to be on TV? They're trying to build something up. And these are guys that they've, they've... Based on the things we've watched, like, Cairo and... Those guys and they've been super destroyers. They've been big parts of yeah. this show, like this show that is basically all mid card plus Terry Funk, Morocco, and Santana, and then Eddie Gilbert is like your king of the mid card. But like they, yeah. these are staples at this point, so you know you can't. What are you talking about? Gilbert's the headliner of ECW at this point. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. The king of Philadelphia. <laughs> the cop. <laughs> How about best performer of the night? Honestly. Freddie Gilbert gets a uh, best supporting actor for that last match. Because it's like, what are you doing? And then Don Rocco getting upset. I mean, I'm going to give it default to Tito for getting the belt, but it's not by no means the greatest Tito match. No. Or, or Don Rocco match, but... Like, part of me wants to... I'm, I'm, I'm sure Brian Pillman is still wearing a sandal. I kind of want to give it to <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian Pillman's sandal. Yeah, I mean, Tito, Tito finally won the... The top belt in an organization that he was wrestling in, so I gotta give it to him. <laughs> yeah, just cause Ariba, baby. Yes. How about and, Je- and Jesse wasn't there to call him the fine burrito or Chico. Yeah. I mean, I could have. I'm glad you didn't, cause I would have corrected. I you. mean, it's definitely Tito. I mean, that yeah. performance, getting a resemblance of a match out of Morocco at this point is yeah is you know hard to do so yeah. yeah and that's probably like a more of a mutual respect thing than anything absolutely how about most surprising shane fucking douglas shows up in ecw and i love every second of it and see i was gonna say sherry fucking martell martell, martell and then like i t- when they said tito was gonna be here i was like hey, I'll, be on, I'll, be on, I'll be honest <laughs> the martell showing up was probably the bigger surprise for me yeah but i love my shane douglas so. <laughs> yeah Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. So this week, the category is What Happened When? What Happened When? Hmm. So I will give you a show, and you have to give me the last match of the event. And this is where I lose my points. I think I won one of these before. Yeah, I'm sure you did. (laughs) I think this is the one that I was yeah. like... Clash of the Champions you, 21. How did you pull that out of your Yeah, ass? yeah, we were flabbergasted. <laughs> Matt had to double check his notes. Make sure that somehow he... He checked his notes to make sure he didn't put the answer in his notes. Well, hopefully that we have copies of. Another one of those situations where it was a show from like three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so if you give me the answer without multiple choice, you get five points. If you do it with multiple choice, it's three points. So... The show I need the main event for, the show is WrestleMania 4. The main event? The main event <clears throat> of WrestleMania 4. Savage and Million Dollar Man. That is correct. Would not have guessed that. <laughs> I figured it was still Hulk. 
at this point? Huh? What was Hulk's match Hulk on was there? He, he wrestled Andre in, he wrestled Andre in the contest or in the quarterfinal, and oh. they did the double count out. Count out, that's what it was. Okay, I see. I don't and remember DBS, that at all. So DiBiase got the bye to the yeah. final. Hogan came down there to help Savage celebrate and, you know, mm. stole, swing a chair Stole the thunder. This is like the beginning of the Mega Powers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Shane gets five more points. Woo-hoo! Yeah, I don't even remember DiBiase Savage, and I feel like I should because that sounds great. So Shane's got a double-digit oh, lead at this I, point. I know. Dang. Next week, SummerSlam 1993. Doggies. You guys ready to oh, yeah. slam during the summer? Of course. You know it. Again, this it's it's SummerSlam is my birthday show, yeah. so we'll just continue my birthday celebration from when I was 16 next week. Hogan's in paradise, so so am I. Music from this week's show is Sad But True by Metallica, and Tito Santana was the winner of the main event, and his theme music for ECW was La Bamba oh. by Richie Valen. For some reason, I was going to guess Lowrider. Wow. That's racist. And La Bamba's not? <laughs> I think Lowrider... I didn't pick La Lowrider La is name, namesist. I didn't yeah. pick I think, La Bamba. He did. I think, you called me I think, Lowrider. I think Lowrider is more ECW appropriate. Yeah. I mean, come on. Morocco's was Blue Hawaii. Like, <laughs> right. That's not a wrestling theme at all. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always hit us up on our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, recipes. We like those recipes. Next week, we're going to we Michigan. Are, yeah, we're going to Michigan. Is this our first Michigan? I believe so. Wow. At least, at least since WrestleMania... Six? No, six was Toronto. <laughs> Wait. Oops, it was three. Three. Three, three, was, silver three was silver dough. Yeah. Okay. Is three not one of the ones where it's in like two different places? No, that's two. Okay. So yeah, I was not here in Michigan for WrestleMania 3, so Woo. give me some ideas, folks. And you can also do that on our Twitter at Wrestling Histomix. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. Talk to you next week. Okay. La 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 laters.